You're tuned in to Kelly Talks, where comedian writer Kelly Howard, that would be me, (laughs) chat with other artists about crazy happenings along their creative journey, life-changing events from dope dealing to prison time, or trying to tell jokes while caring for a child with leukemia, or being kidnapped by your own mother. Sometimes just processing life has to be done creatively, and that's what we'll talk about right here, right now. I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. All, the time. all I do is eat avocado because it's so delicious. So delicious. A little salt and pepper. A little salt and pepper. Little avocado. A little salt and pepper. Love avocado. Hey, 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 what up? This is Kelly Talks, and I am your host, Kelly Howard. Happy New Year, y'all. 2018 is here. Are y'all ready for this amazingness of this year? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am so ready. I'm staying ultra positive and optimistic. I've had to shift my eating to a strict anti-inflammatory lifestyle because, as some of you may know, I have multiple sclerosis, and I lost part of my vision over the holidays. It came back within two days, and... By day eight, I was fully recovered, but a bitch did lose her vision. It was crazy. And, of course, it wasn't just my diet, but there are some things that I can control in regards to relapsing, and one of those is what I eat. Um, Also, how much I exercise and how little I stress. Those are all top of my priority this this year, top of my priority list this year. I think that it's just time. Plus, you know, when you're dealing with additional layers like a dysfunction or incurable disease, it's important to compensate with things you can control. Like I said, what you eat or what you think about. Um, It was also relaxing this couple of weeks because my girls are in Hawaii with their grandparents for eight days. Yeah, so Mike and I just basically bumped around the house watching different Netflix series and trying different anti-inflammatory recipes. Um, Much love to my wonderful husband who is here at the studio with me. And he's been nothing but supportive throughout all of this. And honestly, I don't think I would have been so encouraged to push forward if it weren't for him. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, my love. Um, Season two is here, y'all. It's season two. That's what it is right now. And for my longtime followers, obviously this is more like season four. But since we've gotten in the studio and gotten sponsorship from Lisa Beasley and Funny Black Women, this is our second season here. And we are sharing... um, We're starting on this season with my brother, my friend. Oh, my God. He's more like an uncle. Comedian actor Ballhead from Chicago South Side. What up, bro? What's up? What's cracking? What's cracking? Oh my God! I'm so excited that you decided to do this and that you're in studio with us. This makes me very I mean, happy. I, I mean, you asked me. It ain't really, ain't really too much for me to do, but go and do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And you know what? On another note, this man carried my daughter's casket down the aisle. Do you know that was the hardest thing when you asked me that? I, I, you know, I, I, we never really talked about it, but when you um. I came in and I was like, I, you know, because I got five daughters. So yeah. I, and um, my baby wasn't that much older. And it's like when I got to go in, you know, some, some people go uh, view, a bo- view a body and they go, when I saw her uh, barrettes, I couldn't go no further. And I think the only person that, that noticed it was uh, 
was Tiff, uh, B's girl. And yeah. she she was like, as strong as you are, I never seen you like walk away from nothing. I was like, I said, I, I was finna go, but I said, I had to speak to Kelly before I left to let her know I was there. And when you asked me that, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't say no. Yeah. I was like, how am I gonna do this? But it was just, you know, it was like my girl needed me, my sister needed me. And I, me- I remember when you first started comedy, the very, <laughs> the very first thing, I don't know if you remember this, we, we did a show in Milwaukee. Was it with Uncle Rail? Yes, that time we drove down to Uncle Rail. And it was these dudes, this dude, I never met, forget his name, his name was Ice Cream. He had an uh, after party he wanted to go to. He was like, hey, uh, y'all going, I said, man, I don't be going to after parties. So I know we was getting ready to leave. He was like, hey, I'm going to this after party with ice cream. I said, you don't get your ass in this car. You ain't finna go with no ice, nobody named Ice Cream. He had a Cadillac with uh, Lamborghini doors. He thought he was doing it. I was like, no, nah, you will not be getting my sister. Get your ass in this car. That was I was so naive in my earlier days. I would just, I just wanted to have fun. Yeah, I didn't think anything it. about it. Yeah. Um, but now we're here, years, years later. I've been on stand-up for 11 years, so I've known you since I started in Chicago Damn, for sure. 11 years? Yeah, 11 years. How long you been doing stand-up? Well, I didn't get serious about it until I got out of jail, so that's 2000. So 2000. almost 18 I, years? Mm-hmm. I started in 93, but you know I was still in the street, so. You started in 93? I didn't know yeah. that. So I you started been in 93. Me, Marlon, and, and Dion, we started together. But they, well, they actually, I'm talking about Marlon Mitchell and Mar- Dion Cole, yeah, for you guys Mitchell, who don't know. And Deion Cole had a, a show in this club called the s And they kept telling me to come there because me and Marlon went to high school together. Me and Deion went to grammar school together. And I was like, man, I ain't. I was always the, the shit talk on the block, cracking jokes. And they was like, you are funny. still the shit talker. They was like, you, 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 you can do it. I was like, man, I don't want to do that. But then the way that Deion got me there was a way that everybody gets guys to go somewhere. He was like, you ought to come up there. There'd be some bitches up there. <laughs> I was like, what time y'all start? <laughs> and that's how I, I started. So you started doing stand-up because of bitches? Because it was going to be some bitches up there. Because it was mm-hmm. going to be some bitches up there. <laughs> uh-huh. I know it was something cool and calm and laid back. I had been to them, but, but then eventually I got my own show because uh, Tornado taught me how to host tornado, a show. The late, Big, great Tornado. Yeah, tornado Big Daddy Woo. He taught me how to host, and I got my first, um, I got my first show. At the taste I was hosting, it wasn't even a comedy show. It was like a open mic variety show. Wow. But before then, I really started doing it off of, I started doing comedy off of Dare. My brother dared me to go and do uh, crack jokes at the open mic. You know, me and my, my little brother, rest in peace now. And I did it because he he, he was talking to some girl that was a poet. And she was horrible. And I was talking about her. Everybody was like, he was like, you need to stop talking about it. Why don't you go up there and crack them jokes? And I went up there and I won the contest. Oh, wow. I won $100. And my brother Jimmy was like, hey, um, what are we finna do after this? I was like, I'm finna go home. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I'm finna go home. Yeah, but this hundred dollars in my pocket to keep it moving. Hell yeah. Now, we talked about a lot of the little things just in that little conversation. You said right. a lot. You said that you was in jail. You said that your brother, like, that was a lot of information you just gave us. You yeah. went to jail. When did you do time? Um, I did time in... 96. April 1st was the first day I had to turn myself into penitentiary. I was in Minnesota, and I was, uh, well, let me tell you the beginning. I was hustling on the streets in Chicago, and um, my brother and them was like, it was already my brother cousin. It was already in Minnesota. It was like, it's cracking up here. You need to come up here. And I was like, man, I ain't finna Cracking in regards to? This money. It's, it's making mo- we making mo- it was making money down there. Right. And it was a wave of cash from... Three cities that was hitting Minnesota. 
uh, Chicago, New York, and uh, Detroit. The D-Boys was down there killing us. So my brother was like, man, we making money down there. Come on, man. I was like, man, I ain't finna, man. I, I'm cool right here. I'm, I'm straight on 69th. I'm good. But it got hot when it got hot with the police. And my brother told me, he's like, man, you need to come up here because uh, nickel bags in Chicago go for $20 in Minnesota. I was like, what? Why you wow. leave with that? She been told me that. I've been out of months ago. So I, it was in winter time. I jumped on the Greyhound, went down there. And, you know, I could talk about it now because I. Because you don't do it no more. Right. I already get the time. So I went down there with like an ounce and I made. Now, is this weed or is this. No, it's cocaine. Okay. It wasn't no weed. I mean, it was cocaine. I got to ask questions. I don't know. (laughs) And I went down there and I got it in. I got it in. And only thing was when I got off the Greyhound bus, I like inhaled, all my nose hairs froze up. I was like, I was like, nigga, I'm not coming back down until the summer. And I was like, nigga, do y'all have summer down here? He was like, yeah, be summer down. So I hustled, got rid of that. I came back this following summer, and I didn't leave. I was down there getting a lot of money, and then I got caught up. I got I got locked up because I had got to, you know, I, I, one so thing you went about, to jail for drugs, basically. Yeah, yeah drugs and, and a gun. One, one thing about dudes from Chicago, we go somewhere, we dominate stuff. And, you know, I was always a fighter and shit talker. So it was like I was getting into a lot of stuff. So it was bound to happen. It was either bound to be that or get killed. But luckily I got locked up. And it was like that was something that I needed. Because when I got in jail, I was in jail for two years. No, a year and a half. And um, I had been in there whooping motherfuckers and getting into it because, I, you know, I didn't know nobody, so I didn't really trust nobody. My trust level was like, I don't know y'all. And I got Because you was in jail in Minnesota. Yeah, I was in jail in Minnesota. If I was in jail in Chicago, you probably wouldn't be talking to me right now. I still probably would have been really hustling. But when I went to jail, I got caught up in a riot. And in the course of the riot, they gave me a year <clears throat> in the hole. Damn, so you spent the whole year? Yeah, but I mean, everybody, well, let me tell you something. Minnesota penitentiaries, it ain't like I was in a Mexican penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? Was, I don't know the fucking difference. <laughs> well, the difference is, you, the, the, ain't no difference because you're still locked up, but it depends on the uh, the cleanliness of the joint. You okay. know what I'm saying? It so wasn't Minnesota no, is clean? Right, it wasn't no rest. And it was clean. Niggas in there was nice. They was speaking to each other and shit. Right. I was like, what, motherfucker? And I was so mad because I was locked up, but I, I learned how to channel my anger in there. So it was and a he, friendly I, prison. It was, yeah, it was, it was friendly. <laughs> opposed to... Chicago, yeah, it was, right. it was. Matter of fact, opposed to Cook County Jail, that was a fucking, uh, it was a fucking resort. We had a key to our room. I was in Moose Lake. We had a key to the room. It was me and another guy. We went on no bunk beds. It was two beds across. It was like uh, full mattresses, and they was comfortable. So you had a key to your your cell. Key to my room. It wasn't even. A, it was a door like this, a door, a oh, regular wow. door. But that was in a minimum. You know what I'm saying? It get, get worse. Oh, okay. So in the minimum, that's why I went to the hole. They sent me in the hole, sent me there for a year. But while I was in the hole, I started an, I started another riot, and they sent me to a, a max. Let me see. No, they sent me to they sent me from the minimum to a max. Then I started the riot in the max because they was they was playing with our mail and shit. Uh, my my daughter's mother had sent me some pictures of my daughter Mahogany, but she 20. Three now, but she was growing up, and I, um, the dude wouldn't give me all my pictures. And he wouldn't give me the choice to choose, but he was doing that to other people. It was, a, it was just one guard, so everybody was talking about it. And I was like, man, fuck them. 
we ain't doing nothing. We ain't getting no food. We finna flood this bitch. And flooding it mean, I guess, three or four tiers. Uh-huh. Everybody flooded their toilet where the water would come out and go down. Oh, wow. So it looked like it was raining, but the guards was down on the lower part. Oh. They was damn near drowned. And see, I was That's doing disgusting. it with- disgusting. No, I was doing it with regular water. It was niggas in there. They was shitting in their water and piss. It was, it was all type of shit. So when it got out to the bottom- it was a straight cesspool. Oh, so my God. The, the wild part about it was they knew me and this other cat kicked it off. But you got to realize, we was in a hole. In a hole, you in a cell by yourself. So our voice and our verbal, we charged everybody up to do it. So they was like, them two motherfuckers right there, they a problem. They sent me to a supermax. Now, now, the crazy part is you'll see somebody going to jail on TV, and they be riding in a in a in a like a school bus with bars and shit. They had us in a regular van with four of the biggest white dudes I ever saw in my life. Then they took us to the other penitentiary, it was Oak Park Penitentiary. It's built on the ground. When I tell you they lifted when the when the um the garage door where the van was going in, it was like 14, uh two times more bigger white boys. Wow. And they was them country motherfuckers that don't like niggas. Oh, your, your like, experience in Minnesota so they was changed. Like, huh? So I'm looking like, I, I said, I'm cuffed, I'm shackled. No, I ain't finna get my ass whooped up the head today. Damn. They, was, they was like, oh, see, these are these the protesters. These the, these the riot motherfuckers. I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know why I'm here. I got so calm. Cause oh, you, you can't even fight. Cause you, you shackled, you, you handcuffed, and you handcuffed, the handcuffs handcuffed to your waist. You ain't even gotta, you can't even lift up to scratch your eye. So, and then on top of that, you shackled to your feet, and your feet shackled together. So all of that shit, and I was like, man, these mother, but they put, the thing of it was, with the riot kicked off, um, a guy got killed in the riot. Oh, his, wow. He got stomped in his, his Adam's apple got stomped. So, me being the person that kicked off the first riot, I kicked off the second riot. They was like, this motherfucker crazy. We gotta put him in a hole. He, I was getting people together with just talking to them. Gotcha. I wasn't forcing nobody to do nothing. So what happened was we get in the um, Supermax, and they said, you got you got a year in here. And I'm like, all right. And he was like, he looked at me. every Because every 30 days, they had a psychiatrist come to you. Because mm-hmm. it was like 32 people on that case. Um, 17 of them went crazy. Wow. Because they was locked in solitary confinement. I think the only thing that made me not go crazy is I like being by myself. Right. And on top of that, I was fucking, I was a, um, I was the only child for a long time. So I wrote my great grandmother. He was the I, oldest or the? I'm, I'm the oldest okay. of my mother's kids. So uh, before my little brother and them came along, I was like 14 to 15. Gotcha. I was already out doing what I was doing. And my I wrote my great grandmother letter and I said, Mom, I'm in here in this hole, in this place. It's in a room. I'm in a room, I got a bed, and I got a mirror. I can look out the window, but the window is looking into the penitentiary, not looking under. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do because everybody else is cracking up. She said, boy, you used to be in your room all the time for hours. She said, just go back to that. And I thought about it. And I was like, I used to, you know, used to, every, every kid used to talk to himself. Or you know what I'm saying? Had some time. Play with themselves, do whatever. Yeah, right. and, and they, they wouldn't give me no books because of the ride. They, knew I, they was like, you ain't getting no privileges, nothing. One night, a guard that was on night duty. They always put the bullshit guard. Could on you night write? Night. Did you have paper and pen? Yeah, you could write, but I didn't. I, 
I didn't have shit when I first got in there. I mean, they didn't give me nothing. They wouldn't let me get nothing. Well, I was in the hole. Who the fuck could I tell? Couldn't tell nobody nothing. So what happened was this one guard, this black dude, he would come at night and just count everybody. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't do the food because there wasn't no food at the time. I guess he was reading everybody's file because everybody that came in from that riot, he came in two or three months after that. Because I would see him go past. So I was like, because hey, I, like, I hadn't seen no black people. Right. No, I didn't see no black people working there. And I was like, oh, they got all the nigga at night. They got a night nigga. <laughs> so one day he came by my cell, and I was just sitting up, and I was just thinking. He said, I see that you can't get no books, or you can't get no radio or nothing. I was like, no. He said, you know they can't, rela- uh, they can't deny you certain books. And I'm looking at him like, you know, me and my mentality to the police is, what the fuck this nigga want? You know? Oh, like religious books. Yeah, but I didn't know that's what he yeah. was talking about at first. So he said, I got a book for you. The lights had went out. He said, I got a book for you. And um, it's got a lot of stories in it. He said, you read it. And, and, and you'll be good. You'll be good. I'm like, all right. So he he, sh- he shoved the book in where the same place they would shove the food. Uh-huh. I didn't even look at the book. I went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning. It was breakfast. And the guards were so bogus. They would push my tray so hard that it could go on the floor so I couldn't eat. But... I was way smarter. I cleaned my cell up so motherfucker, well, I could eat off the fucking floor. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker, I'm not finna starve in this motherfucker. I ain't, I ain't really got no hunger strike like that. So what happened was when they came to push it, this certain tray didn't go on the floor. Because of the book. Yeah, but I was like, what? I was like, oh, that was motherfucker weak. He ain't pushing that shit this morning. So I got up and I looked at my tray. And there was some bullshit food on there. And I looked at the book. The book was the Bible. Yeah. And it was, that was one of the things in my grandma's letter. She said, Make sure you pray every night. You pray every morning. Say, do what I taught you, and just be cool. And so, do when you I feel like reading, the Bible is what got you through? The rest yeah, of yeah, yeah. So I start asking for all the religious books. I had the Bible. I had the Quran. I had, the Torah. I had every religious book that it was. I had it in my cell. And the other guards that came that didn't want me had no books. When they would come out, look at me like, where did you get those books from? I was like, they religious books. Uh. But where did you get them from? I was like. God. <laughs> you know, I was an asshole, so they was, they was like, they couldn't take those books, so I so, learned a lot. So you did four years? Because you said you Four and a half. Don't forget that half. Oh, I'm sorry. Four and a half years. Do you feel like you're rehabilitated? Hell no. I mean, <laughs> they didn't, not, ain't nothing they did to rehabilitate me. I rehabilitated myself because that's when I was in a hole. That was the first time in my entire life I ever sat, I ever sat down. And was thinking. And just thought about some shit. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, what the fuck have I been doing? You know what I'm saying? Reflective thinking is so yeah. important and, and people don't think about that shit at all. Then I was like, this ain't for me. Cause I, I, I seen a lot of niggas going in and going out coming back so quick and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I was like, I ain't built for jail. At that point, how many kids had you had? I only had I only had uh four kids when I went in. Because how many kids. do you have now? Nine. Nine. Trying to, trying to fuck the whole show up now, right? No, I'm just asking questions. I was looking cute to this. <laughs> like, who that nigga got nine? You ain't got no bitches listening to my podcast. Yeah. Like, ooh, they gonna be nigga. listening. They gonna be listening. They gonna, he sound nice. No, he don't no more. And then I get hilarious. Yeah. Um, all my kids know me and I take care of them, so I'm, I'm good. But uh, the thing of it was, wow. I so, sat down and I reflected on my life and I thought about me and my daughter that I was talking about. It was like, I don't want to keep watching my daughter grow up through no pictures. Yeah. Because it was like, she's getting old. Graduations and shit. Yeah. When I came home, 
It was like at one point in time, she remembered, she knew who I was, but it was stuff that she forgot. I was like, you forgot, you, we used to live together. Oh, she lived wow. with your mother, you know what I'm saying? We had, got, we had got to an argument later on and she forgot, but those four years while I was gone, it was some things, she was growing up. Yeah. She was starting to think on her own. And mm-hmm. I left when she was four and didn't come back till she was like eight, almost nine. Wow. And, and that's, a, that's, that's critical age right there. That's yeah. a critical age, but a lot are, of people don't know that. So yeah. it just affected her to a point one day we had an argument. She was like, you really ain't been there for me? I was like, what? And I went off. I went off. But that's her, mother, that's her feeling, Her mother kind of checked me like, you know you was gone. And yeah. she don't remember a lot of that. So the funny part was, I, I didn't, like, like you got the internet and Instagram and all that people take pictures more. Her mother and her family was picture takers. So her mother literally, when we were sitting there having this conversation, her mother got them walked away and went and got this old ass picture book. And when she was turning, I didn't even realize I was in a lot of the pictures. So she was like, he's always been here. He just was gone for a while. Yeah. See, my daughter didn't know I got locked up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just well, why would a kid know that? For you? I mean, I guess yeah. you can try to tell them, but they still don't understand that. Yeah, but it, it was so crazy. But wow, you know, that that happened. But um, but that's, I, that's good. Reflective thing. though, because I mean, I mean, it's good that you started to reflect on. Because Dave Chappelle did a joke. I don't know if you've seen his latest Netflix series, but he said he made like a comment, and um, afterwards he was able to do something a lot of black men his age aren't able to do. And that's sit down and just think. <laughs> and that's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, you so into the hustle and bustle of existing that you very rarely get a chance to just sit the fuck down and think and reflect. I, so, got, I got different kids. I got before kid, before jail kids and after jail kids. Before jail kids, they had got money and they had got certain shit, but they didn't really get a lot of time. Because you, know you were on the streets hustling. Because I was in the streets and I that was one of my things. Like, how the fuck I'm going to be taking care of these kids and I'm sitting down? You know what I'm saying? Right. And that was the wrong type of mentality. So when I I thought about the fact that my, somebody else raising my kids, I was like, I ain't finna go back to jail. Fuck that. I ain't finna. I finna put, I do everything. I mean, people, be know, they know me because they know, they, they say I'm crazy. I do a lot of white shit. But I do everything to not go back to jail. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't put myself in no position. Like, if I got famous or whatever, there was only scandal it would be was some me hitting somebody in the head. Ain't gonna be no, oh, boy, he was in his hotel with his chick and she said this, or uh, it was some guns somewhere. And it, I, I'm not getting none of that. It's like right. when I used to go on the road. So you saying you you'll still fight, Hell but yeah. you ain't finna. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I'm gonna you ain't fight finna about, get caught up in no shitty if situation. I fight about something. It's gonna be about some money. Right. You know what I'm saying I'm not finna fight about no bullshit. It's gotta be about some paper. Now you from. One of Chicago's deadliest neighborhoods, Inglewood, Chicago. Yep. And now here you are telling jokes. Do you find <laughs> yourself <laughs> using some of that, those experiences from where you come from, into your material? Do you find yourself talking about that a lot on stage? Yeah, sometimes. Well, I really talk about me. And when I was on the block, when I was in the streets doing whatever, I was always cracking jokes. What do you mean you talk about you? I talk about my life, the things I've been through, the things I've seen as a man, as a black man, as a father, uh, being broke, being uh, nigga rich, you know, hustling rich. It's um, being me. I went. To, I mean, I went to college too. I I, I went to I went to all of my went to college and went to the penitentiary, and the food is the same. <laughs> it's just different situations. You know what I'm saying? So, I I talk about me. Yeah, and Inglewood, Inglewood made me tougher and my mother and my father 
coming, both of them coming from the neighborhood. It's like I'm a. Did you live in a two parent home? At one point in time, I did. My old man was locked up for a while, so. Oh okay. You know what I'm saying? For the but same was, thing. Yep, and he was he was always the uh, his presence was always around. He's I mean he's out now, but his, his presence was always around. So it wasn't like I lacked that. I knew that he was locked up. Right. You know what I'm saying I, the, the crime that he got locked up for the first time, I was I actually saw, you know, at the beginning of it, somebody robbed him, and he went back later on. And he shot him. You know, he did ten years, and I remember like my old man was shooting dice with some more guys. I was sitting in a car. I was a shorty. And dude robbed him. My old man dropped me off. And I ain't seen my old man for 10 years. Damn. But I knew what happened. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, at that time, family would talk. And I was, I came from an era where you're supposed to be seen and I heard. Yeah, so you just sit there like a fly so on the wall and So I was sitting there and I was shit. listening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, that's what the, I was like, damn, I was in the car with him. Oh, he shot that nigga. Okay. Wow. Do you feel like you risk the... The I don't want to say risk because I mean all life lessons are uh, can be good, but do you feel like your children potentially have the same risk of being in and out of jail or anything like that, or do you feel like you've laid my, a new platform for them? My three sons, my sons older, they they kind of were, but it's like I think they the state of mind that I have theirs was quick in the mind because uh, a couple of them they went to jail. One of one of my sons went to the penitentiary. My other son, he just went to the county, and my other son, went, one of them, yeah, two of them, and they they were like, no, I'm not going back in there. They was like, fuck that, uh, uh-uh, this, that's not. I see what you're talking about now, daddy. Right. You know, I told him, I tell him, I was like, I could only tell you shit. Right. I said, and I could show you by example. And I told him, I said, you niggas don't know me. Y'all know y'all know me as daddy. Y'all don't know me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when. You know, you're in the neighborhood that we all grew up in. You going to hear about, man, that's your old man. Man, nigga, crazy. Right. I, mean, I know your granddaddy too, he crazy. So that'll make them be like, oh, well, I'm invincible. You know, I come from a long line of and it's like, real nah, motherfuckers. That's... But no, that's not it. <laughs> and, and then when they when they went in there and they seen, you know, the shit in there, one of my sons told me, he was like, man, hey, there was a dude I knew came in there and he got raped. You know what I'm saying? And he... He said he didn't see the actual rape, but he seen like when but that's a dude common, came. Though, when a dude right? came, nah, hell no, In that prison. shit ain't common. That nope. shit ain't common. No, that shit is not common. So it's, they make it look like that on the yeah, TV. they make it. They make it look. Like, I don't even know. I don't know. Like now, I don't know if they make it look like that on TV for people to want to go to jail or not. Cause shit, if it's some dudes out here got some gang in them, they they want to go in there to be in a relationship. <laughs> Oh, I can get a man in there. I can't deal with you. I can get a real man. In there. <laughs> we can be together all the time. Oh my god. No, but it's it's like. They have kids now, they have to see. But you got to guide them in a certain way to be like, all right, I'm telling you about this. If you get to sit at that table and you get the, you get the feeling of what I'm telling you, hopefully it'll kick in at some point in time and it won't kick in too late for you well, to be like. stuck in the system. Yeah, if you'd be like, fuck this. So, yeah. so each one of my sons, they'd be like, mm-mm, nope, nope, ain't going back, ain't going back. My daughters are all fucking smart. But they, they're the youngest, my daughter, except for my one daughter. She didn't graduate from high school, uh, grammar school, high school, college, went back to school. You know what I'm saying? She was telling me that. I don't think I'm going back to school. I was like, I, I, I don't want no more school. <laughs> Damn, how much school do you need? Yeah. That's good, though. Yeah, that's, that's good. She, 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 yeah. she, she, she travels. She's like me in a lot of ways. She would just up and go. She called me one day. Uh, Daddy, I'm, I'm, I'm finna move to Vegas. I'm like, when? Tomorrow. Fuck no, tomorrow. that's a little sporadic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she had already been planning it, though. 
Now, they say the funniest people have the darkest lives. Uh, and you've been shot twice. Once in the head, right? No, I didn't get shot twice. I got shot five times. Oh, you got shot five times? Once, though. Once? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I had like that I mixed kept, up. It like I just kept getting shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I was like. This nigga didn't been shot twice? No, uh, no. Okay, so you've been shot five. You on some 50 cent shit. So you got shot <laughs> five times one occasion. And mm-hmm. one of the bullets was in the back of your head. One of the bullets in the back of your head. That's the one Is I Is it even... still there? No, no. It's just a scar. I got um, keloid skin, and it's a real ugly scar. But and, you get um, headaches, right, from that? Every or have now they and subsided? then. I, well, I haven't, I haven't got them in a while. Okay. I used to get them a, a lot. I remember back when I first started stand-up, yeah. you used to get them. And then I, because the original thing was I, I was going to be a boxer. Okay. And I was boxing and stuff, and I was about to get my license. But a couple of weeks before that, I got into an altercation. A friend of mine, this is, why, this, this is probably one of the reasons why you always see me by myself. A friend of mine was uh, messing with this chick, and he um, was confronted by the lady's husband okay. outside of a club we used to go to. And I was like, man, what the fuck is you arguing with this dude for? Man, that's so-and-so uh, husband. And I was like, man, you arguing with this? The chick, I swear to God, the baddest body I had seen in a while. Okay. Face like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> so I'm like, you arguing with this motherfucker? And the guy got mad and ran up on me and I whooped him. Three weeks later, he comes to the club, so I called him Malibu, and him and some friends was chasing me and shot me up. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was just a whole big, it was a whole big thing after that. And so that, when me getting shot, I had to lay low for a while. You know, I was So it wasn't healing. even something that you necessarily. No, it wasn't even nothing much shit. I just wow. said, I just me being an asshole, I just said some crazy shit, and the dude ran up on me. Because I was like, why the fuck did you fighting him about the ugly bitch? And then dude, he's like, man, we talking about my wife. I said, you mad at me? He but this nigga you fucking your wife, you right? You get your priorities got. So he ran up because everybody was. But it was, everybody was laughing. Let me tell you something. Laughter could start a bunch of bullshit. You ever be like it heals growing too, guys. up? It does. It, it does heal. But you ever be in the neighborhood or somewhere and somebody roasting each other? Yeah, motherfuckers get mad. And boy. the people that's laughing, they say, "What the fuck are you laughing at?" I didn't say it. <laughs> he said, and that's really what happened. Yeah. So the dude was mad because laughing I makes had it everybody. worse. It does yeah, make it worse. Saying. Yeah. Everybody was laughing, and he got mad. I was laughing too, because you know laughers can take. When they was laughing, I was laughing. Then I was like, "Damn, she do look like Samuel Jackson." And that motherfucker ran up on me, and I whooped him, and two, three weeks later, he came to the same club, caught me going in the club, and they just started shooting. And I ran from from uh, 63rd and Peoria to 63rd. And, uh, so what did you get shot at? You said in the I back of your head? in my shoulder, tw- twice in both of my shoulders. Um, Buckshot was, went in my back, one in my face in the back of my head. So he was aiming to for your head. It was no him. It was him and two other dudes. Yes. So they, they all was. Yeah. Hell yeah! But I, I was I was like one sixty five and I was a running motherfucker. I was. That's so. In, I just over oh, well, a fight though. It was a fist fight and then it turned into a, a lot of pistol. A lot of people can't take ass whoopers. A lot of people cannot take ass. Whoopers. They pride is more, you know. And then he was a he was a, like a gang cat from out west too. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm from Inglewood, but he's from out west and he his it's, pride was yeah. his pride was fucked up. And now when did that happen? What year? Um, it happened in like 93. Oh, so this was before prison. Yeah, this was way before prison. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought you got shot after you came out of prison. Hell no, I wasn't doing shit. <laughs> he said, after I came out of prison, I was doing comedy, bitch. Man. <laughs> Just on stage trying to be funny. I try, I, that's what I said. When I got locked up, I was like, mm-mm. I had to think. The biggest fight about jail with me was, it wasn't the people, it wasn't the guards. It was changing myself. To change yourself to come from what you were, it's a fight. It and that's is. really that's really how Ballhead was created. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because on the streets I was on the streets I was somebody else. It was a whole different name. But you, you got. So you went by a different yourself. name on the streets. Yeah, what about my name, Prince? Oh, okay. And Which so is I, why you changed your first name. That's why I changed my name from from comedy. Because I, when I was doing comedy around with me and Marlon, I was going by Prince. Okay. But I really wasn't serious about it. Okay. I got different pieces of things started happening when I was in jail. Everybody that came to that lounge that Deanna Marley had started to show in were popping up on TV when I was in prison. And I'm looking at TV like, that's what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> I'm in here with these niggas. Right. So it was like, I was like 26 years, 26 years old before I realized this is what I was supposed to be doing. But I had, I had four and a half years to do. Wow. So I had time to get out and I was like, I got to get my mind right. But when I went in a hole, that's when I started thinking. Right, and then I start grooming myself. I start 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 trying to figure out how I got to put Prince up. I got to put Prince the fuck up, cause if I if I get back out on these streets, he's gonna be he's gonna die. He's gonna be, be uh, yeah, be back in jail. You know, and my mentality as Prince was, I'm gonna go to jail. I ain't finna die. I already faced death, and I I, I beat it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it, that was the wrong type of mentality to do. So I had to get all of that. Out of my head, cause people, people, people that get shot in in the neighborhood, people are stupid because they scared of the nigga that got shot. You don't be scared of the shooter, cause you better believe he come back around that corner. I'm not finna get shot again. Right. I'm the fuck gone. <laughs> so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running. But people have that mentality, and so that's why the respect level on for wrong people. You you looking at the victim. And should be praising him for being alive, but what did you learn from that? So you're respected for being shot. Now, I'm respected for some other shit that I ain't gonna talk about. But <laughs> getting shot, getting shot was changed it as well. Yeah, that that that, that gave it. I was like, man, he survived. He survived. He survived. And then it was like, man, what? it was it was a lot of shit that came from behind that. But the main thing over people was he was a survivor. Right. And then I'm me getting out of jail, walking away from that life, getting into this and then survive. So I was already known and then to get known on another level. It was like two or three different sets of people. People were like, You talking about Prince? Yeah, bald head. That's who the fuck bald head is. Got you. I heard him. I didn't know and then some people will be like, Well, he always been stupid. He always say he always say what the fuck he wants to. And funny. Stupid as and crazy. Yeah, and he's funny, so you know. You know, that's interesting because it's so hard for us as individuals as we try to change, to break those titles and those ideas that people have of us. You know, they feel one way about how we should be or how we are or how we are always going to be. And we feel another way because we know what we've been through and how we've grown, you know. So that's very interesting. It's kind of crazy with me, though, because for me knowing what I've been through, like situations when me and you have been together at a show, and somebody be playing with the money. Hey, man, do you know who I am? Give me my motherfucking money, man. 
<laughs> we, we agreed upon this number of paper. We agreed upon this number of money. I see these people in here. They paid to get in here. So that's when Prince comes back. Yeah, give me my motherfucking money. Prince comes that's, back that's Prince talking right now. Money give me my right. motherfucking money. I'm going to bust your head. We're not going to court. I'm going to bust your shit in front of all these people. And they're going to know why. So see, when if you from the outside looking in, it'll be like, Ballhead just crazy. He just want to fight all the time. No, they don't know there's so many promoters that play games with money. If I go to a show and there ain't that many people there, I'm expecting this motherfucker to tell me before, hey, man, we didn't do and sell tickets. We didn't know, I didn't I, make this amount of money. Right. Can I pay you X, Y, Z? Or can we still do the show? And, you know, I, right. uh, I'm with the, anything like, all right, man, come on. Cause I don't want these people to be unsatisfied because still they're not going to look at the promoter. They're going to look at me. Right. I'm on the flyer. I don't want my name to be mixed up and fucked up in this shit. However the case may be, if this motherfucker... Pa- if what? he let you get on stage, perform, yeah. do your thing, and then try to hand you a hundred dollars right, when right. the agreement was five, yeah. he got a fucking problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but see, that was my mistake early on, too, because I don't want no money before I go on stage. I need my money before I go on stage. Yeah. All right, well, I'm here. Everybody, let's get this money. Are we finna start the show? No, no, I need to get my money together. And then the other problem with other comments we have with me is like, hey, he ain't paid me. Did he pay y'all? No, we're not doing the show until this motherfucker pay us. Right. The money is sitting there. Everybody, they, they, you see the motherfuckers running to get them drinks? You see the people in there? Our money here. <laughs> Why the fuck we got in our hand? Right. And I'll be telling the motherfucker, do you know we perform better when we got our money? <laughs> we, we, are, so we, we just have a so, different type of energy yeah, we when so we are happy. paid. We come out, hey, what's up? <laughs> if I got my money, how y'all doing? You know, but so. so what is your ultimate uh, goal in comedy? Writing. Um, my own podcast, such as you got running my podcast, uh, Ballhead and Friends, getting it off the ground, um, making it more known. It just being a writer, uh, I could do movies. You know, I did a couple of little movies, but I can. I mean, the have you ever really just sat down and thought about what you want to do with your career? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. telling you now, I want to be a writer. No, I, I'm oh, hearing yeah. you, but I'm saying, have you ever like sat down in in depth and was like, if I ideally wanted my career, it would look like this. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I I kind of want to be a back scene dude, but still, it's like I want to do stuff so I can still be doing stand up and never have to stop doing stand up. Right. I love a lot of people yeah. will be stand like you got Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is one of the greatest comedians. You know what I'm saying? After uh, 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 Red Fox and all of them, but he stopped doing so many movies and he stopped doing stand up. So it's like now, it's, uh, even Martin. Martin did a lot of movies. Stopped doing stand up. I don't never want to stop doing stand up. I want to be like. Uh, 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 Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, and the great, the great. Uh, Does Whoopi Rob, Goldberg Rob still do stand up? She do it. She do shit stuff at certain places. You yeah. just don't hear about it because it's, I guess it's some upper echelon shit. But we, you know, she still yeah. do stand up. Interesting. Because I watched the View, and it's like she had to go, she got a show to do, mm-hmm. and it's some. You gotta think about it. Gotta be some money, because she ain't doing it nowhere. You right. know what I'm saying? Interesting. So she ain't probably gonna do no club. Right. Hell I know she's doing something. Oh, she might just be doing some speaking. And you're getting paid for that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And comedians, comedians are great speakers either way it go. Right, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's what I want. My main goal is to never stop doing comedy. I could do everything else. I could do. I could be a writer, uh, writing a sitcom. I don't, I, I'm, writing, I'm actually writing my book right now. It's called Fellow Father and Friend. And uh, when I finish that, that's going to be crazy. But doing stand-up, doing writing, some behind the scenes shit, voiceovers, shit like that. Because 
everything else, the, the people that I know that are doing it, the motherfuckers can't go nowhere. They can't do this. Dude. I'm already still watching my ass from my past. <laughs> Shit. Somebody might be like, hey, man, we kick my brother's ass. I'm going to get him. No, no. I want to be able to be able to walk somewhere and go somewhere without any problems. You don't you know think saying? that you've paid your karmic debt? <laughs> I do, point? but I'm still going to watch my ass. Because no. you've, you've also, and I think we might have brazed over this, but you've lost two brothers or a brother? I lost a brother to the penitentiary. And I lost uh, a brother to the to the grave. So yeah. wait, one of your other brothers are in jail for life? He got 75 years. To me, that's life. Shit, he been in there. He been in there for like 26 years. Damn. You know what I'm saying? And he was a he was a big inspiration on me being um, a stand up dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. His name, it, well, they call him Head, but he locked up. Shit, 75 years. That's a long time. My cousin uh, has life plus 30. God so. damn, what the fuck? They just did. When they give people life like the, a time like that. It's like, why I give think, them the plus 30? I think they should just say, you don't come outside no more. That's <laughs> right, it. You, right. You're staying in there. That's your house. <laughs> no more this is your This is your house. This is your work. <laughs> yeah. Because they doing it with like that. Plus 30. Up, yeah, you, plus 30. Well, they gave them life for the murder, and then they gave them plus 30 for the attempt to murder. But you know what? So life like is not. two different sentences. Life is really not life. If they give you life. Without parole, that's you never come home. If they give you life, life to me, I think life is actually like 25 years. Yeah. It's a, but you got to be in that motherfucker and be good. The entire time. Yeah. So, But by the time you be in there, if a person ever came up off a of life bit, everybody you know dead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your mama been dead. Yeah, the world been. has changed, too. Yeah, and the world it's changed. so dramatically that it's like, can you even get acclimated? Acclimated. Thank you. <laughs> it was. It was, didn't want to come out together. Yeah, but can you even get acclimated to the outside world at that point? Like technology has changed. Everything mm -hmm. is. It's different. a lot of crazy. I was thinking about my brother, that um, we got seventy five years. I mean, he was driving down Roosevelt Road. The last conversation we had, he told me he said, "How long ago was this? Twenty six years ago. Twenty six years ago. He got caught like that Sunday. He was on the run. Wow. And um, he was like, man." I love you, man. He said, man, you been around for a motherfucker. You been helping me move around, do what I got to do. I said, what the fuck else I'm supposed to do? You know, I'm taking it like, nigga, you ain't finna get, you know, because he was on the run. Well, I come from an on-the-run family. I'm going to get the fuck on the way around here. I ain't going to get caught. <laughs> but he, um, when he said that, I think about now, we were driving down Roosevelt. We were driving from the west side to the White Palace. That's where the conversation, that your place. That's where the conversation ended. And... Everything from that drive has fucking changed. Like the buildings and stuff. Everything. And I know he get out here and be like, Where am I? Damn, what is this? Yeah. I remember it used to be something over there. I mean, oh, that's still there? That's the type of conversation. I was locked, let me tell you I was locked up for four and a half years. And when I turned up off of, uh, when I came back to Chicago from Minnesota, and I turned uh, to where, like, where you remember you used to drive and see the projects. Yeah, they, that's all. Cool. I was like, I was looking like, this shit look different. Yeah, it's all I was gone. like, why it look different? And my my buddy was like, nigga, the project's gone. I was like, damn, what the fuck they do with the projects? I, I thought they, I was, I was like, fuck, like they moved them, bitches. Yeah, like they moved. I was like, what? Because I mean, it was a lot of people we used to hang, we used to hang in the projects. They moved them two blocks over. No, they tore down. He was like, down. man, they tore that shit down. I said, well, where the fuck did the people go? Yeah. And when my brother said, my buddy said, they everywhere now. I saw it's it's fucked up up here. 
Yeah. I said it's fucked up because they it's done crazy. moved all them niggas about the. Some of them niggas didn't know nothing but the projects. Yeah. They didn't know nothing but doing something and running cha- in the building. They think they just changing a person's location. They changing a nigga's entire mentality. They like, changed they don't the know whole how to fucking city. Yeah. We got two, three generations now of motherfuckers that was grandkids from the projects and they had crazy as hell. Yeah. Wow. That is so interesting. Are your parents still living? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Do your mom ever come to any of your shows? Yeah, she got my a lot of my shows. She does. Wow. Like my birthday party or uh, comedy show that I have. And it depends on what's going on. If me and Marlon doing a show, she be want to come because she remember Marlon. Because, you know, I knew I knew uh, Marlon Mitchell's mother when she was alive. I knew him since I was 13. Yeah. And He's another he, one that's been enduring a lot throughout yeah. this comedy journey and still doing he called, it. He called my mama his woman. I just called his mama my woman. So, <laughs> you know, we always been close like that. But, yeah, she come. She come out. She hang on. And a lot of times when she come out, I talk about her. I talk, I really talk about like how she raised me, the ass whoopers. And people, people be dying because she's right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? They be like, and then they, if they get to know her, they be like, oh yeah, your mama ain't no joke. All right. So what I do at the end of my show, this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad that you came on and talked to my people and shared your journey in comedy. And Those are people. Uh, huh? It's the people I talk to. No, I'm just My listeners. Jesus <laughs> Christ, nigga. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I love stories like this. Like I love, uh, I was I, when I hit my producer with the information. I was like, um, <laughs> I said, yeah, I got bald head coming on. You know, he'd had a journey. You know, he'd have been shot. He'd have been in jail. And she was like, damn, bitch, why do you like these morbid ass stories? <laughs> and I was like, well, because I haven't ended it yet. Yeah. I was like, because um, I just like to I like to share how creatives get through all that. You know, yeah. the things that they do when the stuff isn't as simple as it seems once you see him on a big screen. Once you see him, like you see a Dion Cole, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think that Dion Cole is just this amazing Dion Cole, but Dion Cole has also had a hell of a journey yeah, that he's yeah. had to come through to get to that point. And people right. like us that know him from before can yeah. can attest to that. But you know, the it's, wider world only sees the the fame, the glam, glam, and the glitz. Right, right. So it's just interesting. These kind of stories to me makes life a little bit more real. <laughs> oh, so yeah. yeah. So at the end, I do this thing called. Um, the final four and four, which is four questions in four minutes. And they're not really in relation to the podcast at all. It's just questions about you. And okay. so, um, yeah, I'm going to ask these and you have four minutes to answer them. So starting with question number one, are you spiritual or religious? And what is the difference between the two in your opinion? And um, are you either? Yeah, I believe in God. Um, God's got me through a lot of things. And um, I'm spiritual because I know, I, well, I know it's a higher being. You can give him a name. I was born and raised to call it, you know, God, and he has a son, Jesus Christ. However, I know if that's not his name, I know it's somebody, something, some being that's made all of this happen. I don't think it's just science. I think the science, I think he's created it all. So, you know, you got to pray. If you could sit down and have one conversation with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and Why? My great grandmother. I would ask her um, how I'm doing. How are you doing? How am I doing? How, did, did I make Did I make you proud? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, what is something you would tell your 16 year old self about life that you've learned along the way? Anything. So if you can change, like if you were to be able to go back and say, "Hey, 16 year old self, here's here's some information you're gonna need to know." Mm. What would that be? Strap up and save all the money that you're gonna have when you go to Minnesota. <laughs> 
Strap up, nigga. Pull out quicker. Strap up as and put on the condom. Yeah, uh, yeah, nigga. And don't don't go to the to the club on 63rd in Peoria. <laughs> at what kid number would you have stopped if you would have stopped at at so many kids? The ones I had before I got locked up. The three. So three. Yeah. You would have stopped at three. Yeah, would have stopped at three. Damn. Uh, I hope the other six don't hear this fucking if they, podcast. If they do, don't give a fuck. They know I love them. It's just, hey, it's a question. Shit. They even say, they say, like, daddy, that's a lot of us. I'm like, <laughs> like, I know people that got more. Like, <laughs> I say, you're doing good. We're yeah, average. Some people bring, beating us out. <laughs> um, if you could snap your fingers and have one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? It can be emotions. It could be a thing. It could be a mindset. It could be a certain type of body. It could be anything. And why would you want that thing? I would want a mind, a different mindset. Then the one that I have now, I want it to be better because I'm still working on this mindset. Um, so you would sharpen your mindset? Yep, yep. Because I want to I wanna be able to be a better, more rational thinker because I still got a lot of anger in me. I still, I still got a lot of demons. You know, you can suppress your demons, but it's like with the way life is going, the way things are happening, the way people are, you be like, Am I, can, can I get this motherfucker a pass for this? It <laughs> ain't got to be, you know, like, doing something to him. It's just like, you know. Should I check this motherfucker? Yeah, should I, check, yeah. Should, I, should I keep fucking with this person? Yeah. Should I keep even being cordial with this person? Because yeah. some people, me now, I, will, I did something last year and I'm doing all the time. If I had a problem, I cut people off. I'm not mad at them and I'm not, I'm not going to bad talk them or nothing like that. Like, Situation with Uncle Rail, I was told him, you've done robbed everybody. <laughs> but I'm not doing no shows with you no more. I'm not talking bad about you. I'm not doing shit with you. He got mad. He was upset about that. And I was like, I feel good because I'm not I'm not into it with you. I'm not into I love you. Yeah. But I'm just not fucking with you. And sometimes you gotta do that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that answer that you would change your mindset. Not many people you finished with thirty three seconds to uh to spare, good job. Uh, <laughs> not many people understand the importance of their mindset. Like they want money, they want the, the better body, they want right. to be happy all the time, but they don't understand that their mindset controls all of that. The better your mindset, the better all of that becomes. So thank you so much. Like this was, this was amazing for you to be here with me. It Man. really did uh, mean you a lot. Me, you let me let you let me let a lot of steam off that. I mean, lot, not a lot of steam, but you know, I answered a couple of things I probably wouldn't answer with. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Oh, thank That's cause, you. You know, because I fuck with you. We 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 didn't had a little journey together. You know we what I'm saying? We have had a journey together. You, know, you, you still, saw me do my first cry outside. Yeah. Of- <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Though. At the time, I was like, ah, ah, hell no. So basically, what happened is uh, I was double booked on a show at Jokes and Notes, and um, I walked in. And I went and got on stage because I was booked and I had been booked and I was excited about it. I posted on my MySpace page. This was a big fucking deal. Yeah, MySpace. This is MySpace. This is MySpace. It was a big deal. And I got there. I went on stage and they gave me the light almost instantaneously. Like I was on the stage for like maybe 12 seconds. I had maybe said, hey, my name is Kelly. And then I got the light. And and then I got off stage and Mary Lindsay, which is now my mother in comedy. I love her to death. 
ripped me a new asshole. She just Man. checked me real quick and was like, don't you ever get on my stage without consulting with me? Um, how dare you? And I was like, well, you booked me. And, and, and it was a big whole thing. And apparently I didn't check in. And it was like a lot. And I cried. I like stormed out of the club and was like, I'm never going to be back to this club again. <laughs> I hate this place. And I was crying outside. And Ball here was like, calm down, Kelly, man. She just, you know, you know, she's just a club on this side. He's trying to talk me off the ledge. But I was like, man, it's crazy, man. Don't be tripping. It's cool, <laughs> Kelly. You good? I said, man, I went back in. I was laughing like because I never seen nobody I was so break upset. down like that. I was and so I, mad. I knew it, I knew it wasn't a, a, like a violent situation. So I was like, why the fuck is she crying? I was so upset. I was so hurt. I was more hurt because I was so excited about the opportunity and then for it to just be snatched from me. I was like, how dare you? But still to this day, I've never seen anybody storm out like that. <laughs> When your feet was up in there, I was like, she was like a soldier. <laughs> I can be very dramatic at times, That's yes. Um, so do you want to tell people where they can find you at online? Um, online, Instagram, comedian bald head Phillips. That's B-A-L-D-H-E-A-D. Cause some people be talking about B-A-L-L. And um Facebook, like my Facebook page, Comedian Bald Head Phillips. And I have a podcast also. You can look it up on YouTube. Bald Head and Friends. Ballhead and friends. Thank Podcast. you so much, Ballhead, yep. for being here today. Thank I you for having me. Truly appreciate you. you. Um, all right, y'all. It's your girl Kelly. Of course, you know you can find all of my upcoming show dates online at kellyhoward.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-E-H-O-W-A-R-D dot com. Um, and I do have some shows coming up in the next week. It's going to be dope here in Chicago. Um, I appreciate you guys. Oh, look out in February, Alabama. I'm coming your way back to the Stardome for an entire week. So if I have any listeners there, get ready because a bitch going to be in your city. Ah! Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the first episode of 2018 and I'm so happy Ooh-hoo. that I'm back. Season two. Let's get it. Yeah. I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Sometimes there's just nothing left to say.